That's Rocky, isn't it? That was Rocky by Dave. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Dave. Welcome to the VideoGamerTV.com podcast. Actually, Man, it's VideoGamer UK podcast. I messed it up horrendously, but I'm rolling with it because like I'm it. a professional idiot. My name's Matt <laughs> Lees. I'm joined by Chris Bratz. Hello. David Scammell. Oh, all right. You came to me well early there. I know. I thought, are we mixing so it, mix it up again? I thought I'd mix it up. <laughs> but, you know, actually, weirdly, a lot of people in the last podcast were saying, When's Dave going to sit in a different position in the room so he gets called earlier? Yeah. Because I go for the clockwise. But this time, he hasn't moved position. Nope, still is. I just thought I'd mix it up with a bit of a zigzag. Mm. Zigzag. Finally, um, it is Mr. Simon Miller. Supporter of hoods. Supporter of hoods. Yeah, I want to start wearing hoods all the time. Yeah, we've now reached the kind of uh, era of the podcast studio in which it becomes frosty, frosty, and you, you can't go into the podcast studio without at least a jumper yeah. and or a scarf. And a hood. Simon's going to get an asbel. Yeah, I mean, no, honestly, I mean, you know, we do work in Croydon and walking around with a hood. Mm -hmm. It is funny because I often walk around with a hood because it's chilly. Mm. But whenever I walk into the Sainsbury's down the road, uh, with my hood up, I do get followed by the security. Oh, I love that game. I, I usually, love yeah, game. it's great. I do on purpose. If, anyone, if I ever go into a store and I know something's followed by security, I deliberately start acting dodgy to see how oh, far I can push wow. it. Love that game. I great do the game. opposite. I go in my hood and I realise that they're walking and then what I do is I, I, t- I pop my hood down and I deliberately start looking at something really mid- middle class. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just go straight place. for the hummus. Straight for the hummus. And then they go, oh, it's just another twat. I, 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 I literally will, twat. Pick, I will pick something random up. Look left, look right, look really... And Put it down and kind of scuffle off like a crab. Don't worry, it's, it's just, just like uh, a crab. Uh, panic <laughs> over. It's just a twat or a crab. <laughs> it's just a giant crab. Not a, not a chav, it's I, fine. Enjoy, I enjoy that game. Anyway, <laughs> um, so what have we been playing this week? Ooh, to kick it off this week, so I've been, go on. I've been playing Need for Speed. Everyone's oh, yeah. talking about Need for Speed. The Rivals. I've heard it's the only the good next gen game. I've played better next gen games. <gasps> Dun, dun, dun. Dun. No, it's all right. It's all right. I, um, one of the problems I have with it is that it gives you this big open world to kind of explore and find new things, which Need for Speed has done for a while, but it doesn't let you do it. Just by being in the world, it's trying to punish you. So you play as a racer and a cop. When you're playing, there's two different career paths, essentially. Do they switch between integrate? Them you, okay, okay. They're, they're individual, but you can go back yeah. and forth between each one. Um and when you play as a racer, just by being in the world, the cops will chase you. So if you're trying to look for stuff, or if you're hanging around for a buddy to come join you or whatever, and a cop just goes past you, you're automatically punished for being there, and you just enter this pursuit, and it just kind of ruins that hmm. element of freedom, which is what they're trying to push. And I get what you mean. I mean, one of the things I loved, and I'm glad Steve's not here, because obviously Steve hates Burnout Paradise, because he worked in, as QA on it. Um, <laughs> yes, it's instantly kind of ruined it. But um, I loved Burnout Paradise, mm. and I, I love that because it, it did feel like a... It reminded me of like the N64 era of adventure games, like Banjo-Kazooie or whatever. You'd spend ages just exploring the world and thinking, how do I get up there? How do mm. I get that? Yeah. But you're in a car. And they kind of carried that on last year with Most Wanted. Most Wanted was basically Burnout Paradise 2, but with the licenses for the cars. Um, and this is kind of a cross between that and Hot Pursuit. It's more Hot Pursuit than Most Wanted. Uh, and it's fun. I just... I... <laughs> It just has all these design flaws in it. I don't think it's as good as a lot of people have been right. saying it is, especially the online stuff. Host migration stuff is rubbish. Like you can... Yeah, so what are you talking about? What do, what do you mean? So the idea of the game is that you're, you're meant to play it online all the time. So there can be six of you in the world, and that can be split between as many races or as many cops within that six. You can have two races, four cops, etc., etc., etc. But there's a host. So as soon as that host leaves the game, say you're in a race... Ah... Uh. <laughs> it does the host migration thing. So it pauses the whole yeah. game. But it seems to carry on the game before it actually brings the screen back to you. So you can hear the race still going on through the speakers. <laughs> and you then turn up, you'll then get put back into the game. And there are people ahead of you that weren't there before. And you're like, well, hang on a minute. And it just completely breaks wow. the whole thing. So I'm just playing it offline now. And it's a game that's designed to be played online that I'm just playing offline. It's bizarre. But yeah, it's stuff like that. It feels like a game that they, they've rushed out. It's Ghost's first game. It's funny. There's, there's a lot of, there seems to be a real trend with Next Gen of the fact that at the moment, um, they, whilst the potential for amazing stuff is there, especially with online infrastructure, it feels yeah. like they haven't even carried over like all the stuff that games have started getting right. Yeah, for that sort of game, weird. it shouldn't it shouldn't be peer to peer type stuff. It should be dedicated server type stuff. Yeah, I don't know why they've gone with it, but it's bizarre. It's weird, odd, mm. yeah. odd. Other than that, is it good fun when you play it on your own? 
it is. It's just not as fun as when I've played it at previous stage with friends. Do you know what I mean? So it's that kind of game that when everything is set Sounds up... Sounds like the problem is you haven't got any friends, Dave. Well, <laughs> I haven't got any friends playing on Xbox One. That's the difference. <laughs> um, yeah, when, when it's all set up to be played, when you've got your friends there, when it's all working how it should be, amazing. But in the real world, it doesn't really happen like that, does no. it? So much. No, that's a good point, actually, to be honest. I mean... Uh, previewing multiplayer stuff at events is a real difficulty actually um, and I think that's something that pops up a lot and I saw some journos on uh, Twitter having a conversation about this the other day actually about online games and review events and the way that games are reviewed it's, it's, it's always tricky with that but particularly with online games because either the option is you, you do it under their guys close to servers yeah. I mean I've been at stuff before like events with multiplayer where like if the server crashes like the guy who's in charge of the servers is literally like in the next room yeah. <laughs> so it's like oi Mate, can you uh, can you come and like um, yeah, brilliant. Just switch it on and off. Like you can just like switch on and off. Servers. Well, obviously that's the thing. Like we we played Battlefield Four at a review event, and that's obviously got a bit of controversy for the problems that it's got. But that was played on a closed network. It was played on a wired network. Yeah. It's so it's it's so difficult to and it's difficult because of the fact that you kind of you can take that. I mean, a lot of people might say, well, you shouldn't do that. You shouldn't play these games on a LAN or you know. Or even when you're playing like a Call of Duty events, you play on Xbox Live, but it's still like not proper Xbox Live. It's partner net and it's sort of quite clearly controlled. And actually, you might be getting more server bandwidth than you usually would. Or, you know, it's impossible to really know. But at the same time, their arguments are fair. You know, they, they say, well, this is the only way we can do it. Yeah. If they say we can only do this using a LAN or using private servers, you kind of go, well, yeah, mm. it's not out yet. Mm. <laughs> so I don't know. But, I, you know, as, as things move online, I guess things are going to have to. Things are going to have to change as, as more games move into that infrastructure. Well, and... I just hope the consoles, in terms of the way that the games come out, changes enough to fit for it. Because, I mean, obviously, what we've got at the moment, particularly with PC stuff, is early access has just become a thing now. Almost to the point where it's a bit dodgy. And actually, yeah. me and Chris have played quite a few games. It almost feels like you're testing it. Yeah, like sometimes it's a bit of a jip because you pay seven quid for a game for early access. And sure, you get the full game when it's out. But initially what you get is like, oh, I don't, this is kind of spoiling the full game for me in a way. Mm. Do you see uh, there's, there's a little bit of a tangent here, but a, a, a week or two weeks ago, Goddess was on sale, even though it's still in early yeah. access, and people have crowdfunded really? it anyway. Yeah, wow. it's part of the Steam sale. The very whole Goddess thing leaves a very dirty I mean, that's taste a, in my mouth. I mean, that's a completely different um, situation. That's but, weird. Yeah. So early access fine can stuff. It's all dodgy, man. It's all dodgy. I've got to say, actually, the double fine stuff is quite dodgy. Oh, I've got no money, but we'll hire Elijah Wood and Jack Black. Yeah. A-listers. A-listers. That's it. And I mean, Jack Black may have done it for free because he's done stuff with the past uh, with them. Well. He uh, was in, um, I used to live in Bournemouth and Jack Black was just walking around uh, Christchurch the other day. Friend saw him. There you go. Useless knowledge. Chill out. Go yeah. and bloody if you, if you live want, it up in Bournemouth on double fine money. Jack <laughs> <laughs> Motherfucker. <Yeah. laughs> what a twat. No, but I mean, actually, I've got to say, like, if you if you haven't seen it already, because um, if you do follow stuff on YouTube or if you follow it, if you just listen on iTunes, then I did actually make a video yesterday, which was the VGX show, which is, for those of you who don't know, it's a new name for the VJs, which is a Spike TV game award show. It's basically hell. It's like three hours of... Really yeah, unpleasant, awkward shit. But I made a little video, comedy video about that. But one of the jokes in that um, was about the fact, and it was like, it's insane. The fact that Double Fine had the balls to about six months ago say, oh, we've run out of money. We're going to do another wave of funding from the crowd. Yeah. And then you're like, uh, how do you run out of money? And they're like, oh, well, you know, it's really hard to calculate these things. And it's like, well, actually, no, like loads of studios your size or smaller know how to budget. But just, yeah, just budget. They've budgeted wrong, clearly. Well, yeah, they've got and they've gone, oh, we've gone over budget. And then they have million. the balls to be like, hey, look, guys, we've got Elijah Wood voicing the main character. It's like, why? Two problems I have with that. One, obviously the whole money situation. Two, I don't want Elijah Wood voicing anything. He's got a terrible voice. I don't know. I think it sounds quite good, to be honest. I think the game itself looks pretty sharp. I but think it'd be good. if they had Elijah Wood as a stretch goal, right, with a Kickstarter, yeah. if they had, like, if we get this much money, Elijah Wood's going to voice it. Fair enough. But just a sort of bonus extra, it's like, well, that's cool, but... I mean, You've yeah, run out of money. And how long unless did you be planning for that? Was, that? was that something that you've added since you got the extra funding yeah. or was that something you've been planning all along? Also the fact that they're now working on all these other games. Like I know, they work on so many games. They've got four games in yeah. the, on the go. And it's like, I get what they've done because I understand that game development as a process is, is kind of like, it's, it's tiered and it's like, it's level. So you need a very small team to start a project and then, you know, you have the the concept artists work yeah. on it and stuff. And then after the concepting stage, you go into production. At that point, you, you expand the team, but then actually the, the original people you have working on the prototyping and working, working on the concepts then don't have a job because mm. they've done their job. Yeah. So then they'll have to either go and get a job at another studio 
or a new project at the studio. So it seems like what they've had to do is with Double Fine Adventure is they've had to hire a big team to make it, but then they've basically had all these people who are then out of work because the early stage is over. So mm. they've kind of tried to keep them in a job by starting new projects, which makes sense. And that's actually a good way for studios to run. But I think it gets funny when it's like, well, hmm. Because it's funny because I guess if a publisher had paid for your last game and then you spend some of the money you've been paid by that publisher to then keep your company going so you can then create new projects. Mm. That's kind of, publishers know that's the deal, right? Yeah. Mm. And they know that's how it's working. And they're not, publishers aren't specifically paying, they're paying for a product, but they might not be paying the cost of it, you know? Yeah. Where's the motivation though to make a good game now? Because it's been paid for, right, essentially? Well, well to a degree, but... I, I don't know, I think there's, there's some serious pressure on them now because, uh, because they're one of these big Kickstarter success stories so far. If they don't, if they don't do it well then this whole dream starts to crumble, doesn't it? Like, they, there's a lot of pressure on them to make sure this goes exactly... And also, clearly, they want to sell more copies than they've sold. Yeah, like, they want to keep yeah. selling mm. when it's out. But even if they do do a great game, they do make a great game, someone else may come along. Who I mean, other, there have been other Kickstarters. They may come along and they may be crap as well. So yeah. it's not like this one is carrying the whole... No, but it, it's... This industry. is quite high profile. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it was one of the first... Um, you it know, was the first, wasn't it? I think it was the first it, major it? one, I think. And... But, I don't know. I, I I just feel there's an extraordinary amount of pressure on them to, to I make think sure it... it's difficult because I think, the, I think the problem with the whole crowdfunded publishing thing is the fact that publishers know what the deal is, right? Publishers aren't stupid. I'm not saying that people are stupid, but they're not as well informed. Like People who work on that side of the industry have a much better understanding of the realities of the industry. And they know that when they say give a studio a couple of million quid to make a game for them, that they're not going to spend every penny of that money on making the game. It's part of the deal. They pay them to do it. How they then spend that money on the game as long as they... internal management. Yeah, yeah exactly. They, they can then spend that on R&D, on new yeah. games. They can spend it on new staff or whatever they want. You know, it's their money. The contract is signed. Mm. But with Kickstarter, there's very much more... You're not saying... You're not funding a studio. I think that's what I'm trying to get across. Mm. You're not saying I'm giving money to a studio. You're giving money for the creation of a product. Yeah. And if you, it's not entirely transparent that money from that is going anywhere else even though that may be the norm and how studios function, mm. hasn't really been communicated to the masses. Yeah. And they've been doing these little studio diaries and stuff, and they've been doing these diaries and video diaries showing you the process, but I don't know if they've really been too open about that side of the process. And, and actually, you know, as far as I'm concerned, it feels like a kind of the kind of transparency that's a bit fuzzy. Yeah. When it's like, hey, I'll show you how, I'll show you behind the scenes. And then you go, well, can I have a look at the spreadsheets? And they go, well, no, no, you can't. Yeah. <laughs> you can't yeah. look at the spreadsheets. It's like, well, it's a weird situation where as a backer, you are technically a very small share, but you're a shareholder mm. in a way, but you're not a shareholder because you don't get access to the information and you don't get any kind of benefits. Yeah, yeah. I agree. I think they need, to, they need to release something. They need to release something fast. And they need to, you know, if you're going to roll out these stars, explain, you know, it's not your money. Well, it is your money now, but, you know, it's a different source of money. You need to say how much you're paying these people, it, really. Because if you, if you invested in Broken Age, maybe you didn't want that. You know, maybe wanted the money to go into games, this not is, into Elijah Wood's bank account. There's an idea like when when you back projects like this. Well, if you know, the more money that goes into it, it's like with Star Citizen at the moment. The more money that goes into it, the better the game should be, right? And yeah, it just keeps expanding and expanding, and you're not entirely sure where that money is going to go. I mean, mm. it, yeah, Star Citizen's an interesting one because they've got so many features now. It's like how long, how many years is it going to take them to least, make it? At least they are saying every time they reach a new stage, you know, this is what the money's going to. But I mean, it's just. Oh, God, there was a Kickstarter recently it's that so had a huge lot. Now it's blown up. I love the fact there was a Kickstarter recently where it literally went, "This is the game. This is the funding. There will be no stretch goals." And just because, like, saying, "Look, this is the project that we yeah, that we we've worked make, out yeah. that we can make this project. We don't want to keep adding stuff because otherwise we're not going to." And yeah. you know what? I feel really fucking sorry for like people who I've seen a lot of games where people are trying to bully them to like make Wii U versions uh, on the <laughs> low, low versions of the Kickstarter, and they're like, "Oh, you know, you should be making a Wii U version stand." It's like it's really intensive to make multiple versions yeah. and i know that you want to play it but it's like money doesn't buy talent yeah you, know, you gotta know, be good enough to do these things in the first place i'd rather i'd rather have people not working for an extra six months on a game to to have it on a console that um, you know and these so. stretch goals must pose a problem though surely because features must features have to be locked down well, for around you do. the beginning of a game's life they do development. they do so, and i think the thing is the smartest stretch goals always seem like they're things that they've already thought about quite a lot. Like, yeah. uh, what was that? It sounded kind of a Zelda-like, but with a neon vision style, and it's coming out, it's like a pixelated... I've forgotten the name of it, but it looked amazing. Not Transformer, it was something else. I don't know about that, sounds good. Oh, it looks badass. Yeah, it's like yeah, a little yeah. action adventure, it's pixelated indie style, but it's got awesome like cyberpunk music, and it's like a weird mix between fantasy and sci-fi. Awesome. 
looks great. But with the stretch goals for that, it was like extra dungeons yeah. and things like that. And it was like, it all seemed like stuff that they would have planned. Quantifiable stuff, yeah. Um, I don't know. It's just, it really leaves a funny taste in my mouth with the whole uh, Double Fine thing. Just because I like them as a company. I think they're good people, but I think that it's, I don't know what they're doing, you know? And it feels, it feels odd to me that it's like, really? You're, you're concepting more? Yeah. More games? Um, they may end up being great games, but it kind of feels like if you've funded part of that, they need to be more open. Maybe, maybe what I'm saying is that Kickstarter needs to be not just project based. It needs to be maybe more like you know more open. Like if they actually said like, "Hey, do you want to do you want to help Double Fine?" Like yeah. and saying, "Look, if you give us twenty bucks, then you'll get this game, and you'll get um, and you'll be funding future games." Yeah, yeah and as a funder, a big pot, yeah. And saying as a funder, you'll actually get a discount on all of our future games, even if it's just a couple of bucks or something. Yeah. But even they make it clear that you're funding them to create games, and you're going to get something for it. But I think it's just about clarity. I guess they never they never realised it was going to be quite so crazy no, when I guess they started, not. and now it, that's happened. They're just trying to figure out what to do with the money. Like at the same time, Devil's Advocate, like it feels it's nice that a studio is taking it seriously enough with the job churn thing because people always, you know, a lot of news stories always report on jobs being lost in the industry when most people don't realise that that's just entirely normal. As we said, with a mm. concept to production to polishing, like requires different talents and different quantities of people so when people say oh this studio is letting 30 people go a lot of people go oh shit that's really sad but actually they don't realize that that happens like all the time yeah. like but just on a quiet basis that teams expand grow you know at the end of a big project the team will be, or very often be cut down to a very small team again and a lot of people they've worked with originally will be hired back probably in about six and months the devs will know that when they join that company absolutely yeah i think a lot of people think that when they've that when games companies let people go, it's the idea of this, this family of people who've worked together mm. for 20 years mm. all suddenly being torn apart. Yeah. And that does happen. But largely with studios, if you go to work at a big studio, people are aware that... It's you, contract work. A lot it's contract work. You're, you're going to be with, there for a year or something. Same yeah. with films as well. Like, yeah. you know, if, if you're a, a lighting assistant on a film, you don't travel with Warner Brothers, you travel to do whoever is going to offer you the next deal. And it's Absolutely. With games. If you're good at a skill, you just jump around doing it for the right person at the right time. That's the thing. Yeah. And I, I, I kind of, I can see both sides of it though because I do feel that Double Fine are one of those companies where, you know, they've got, they've worked in, in lots of companies, they've got a lot of love between them but it's, it's that difficult thing of being like, well, they clearly don't want to lose their talent. They mm. want to keep giving people jobs mm. so that they are, to keep the band together, yeah. they're funding yeah, yeah, new they're projects. But it's like, should get we? broken age out the door. You're, yeah. You are running out of. Uh, well, it's out in January, isn't word. it? I can't the first half it. of it is out in January. Yeah. The first half. Yeah. Flipping it. Is yeah. the. Because do certain tiers of backers get certain access to certain halves? Is my right in thinking that? Or do uh, you get all of it? I think, you, I think if you're a original backer, you get both halves. Right. But I think they've made it so that you could pre order the first half or something. Okay. Or, yeah. I don't know. It's fuzzy. It's just basically the whole thing was like we've run out of money. And I think. That they've Woods, to then stand up and do a big song right, and shout yeah. about how we've got Elijah Woods. Although I loved it, I must say, I didn't put this as a thing in the VGX comedy video I did because largely it was making jokes over it. But there was a wonderful bit I was saying to Simon where Joel, the actor dude who they brought in, clearly didn't really know much about the industry. Fair enough. I don't think that's his fault. I think it was the fault of the people who brought him in. Yeah. But I loved it when he said, Wow, you made four million, like four million dollars crowdfunding. He's like, Yeah, and he's like, What do you spend it all on? Drugs? <laughs> and it's like, I mean, like Tim Schafer kind of awkwardly made some jokes and went, like, Yeah, we spent it all on drugs. But you could tell that Tim Schafer had this thing of going, Oh, fuck. fuck. Like, just because I, there was a few times during the show where because he didn't know the industry, he asked questions that were like really on point yeah. that most interviewers wouldn't dare to yeah, ask. Good. Um, which I think, you know, says a lot about what we need to sort out. Really, and he kept but... taking the piss out of the release date thing. Like, oh, you're actually going to give us a release date? Right, good. Wonderful. Yeah, yeah. And even just saying to like, you know, Reggie about the Wii U, it's like, yeah. you know, how many have you actually sold? <laughs> and Reggie just goes, <laughs> oh, you're asking. And it's just like... That guy's dead now. You know, it's like... Well, I, I did actually, I don't know if this was a coincidence, but when I was editing this, because I was looking at it really closely, obviously, and going back over a lot of footage and sc- scanning through a lot yeah, of it, yeah, yeah. I did notice that after that bit where he said, how many have you actually sold? Um, you saw they, Reggie's heartbreak? They cut, yeah, well, you saw yeah, that. Yeah. But then they cut to some like on-screen pictures of Reggie like memes off the internet as a light-hearted oh, comedy thing. But then it was only cut for about... Cut to the memes, cut to the yeah, memes! Only, well, I don't think that was the intention, but after about five seconds of that... 
they then cut back to the people where they were standing and Joel wasn't there <laughs> and I was like that's interesting because it was literally just before that they had this really awkward thing about asking that why the Wii hadn't sold any consoles now he's not there and then they cut back to him looking slightly more dejected and miserable lever back on a sofa and then uh, Jeff came back and joined him on the sofas but there was just something about that transition and maybe it's just that I was looking at it for Reggie's a long time. Reggie's got power. I don't know. I think because I was looking at the way the show was made really closely, because um, I was just looking at it really closely, yeah. it felt to me that that particular transition from one scene to another felt a bit sloppy yeah. and a, possibly unplanned. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if when the uh, meme stuff came on, somebody on the set just went... You just, can you, Joel, can you just come over here? Like, come over face. here. Joel, why don't you just go and sit back over? I don't think he would have had a go at him, but they would have said, yeah. oh, we're going to cut over to there again now. So if you just want to go and sit there, yeah. because it was like, oh, that's interesting. He's gone now. Someone apologized to um, Reggie for 20 yeah, minutes. I'm sorry, Reggie. I'm sorry. Because that's the thing. You know, it's so evident. And I actually, a lot of people really hated Joel at the VGXs. I kind of really loved him because of the fact that he clearly realized quite early on that he'd made a real mistake being there. Mm. He realized that the script on the auto queue was just terrible, mm. like horrible. And so he clearly started going off script a lot because he was like, fuck you, I'm not reading that. It's just bollocks. Yeah. Started making lots of jokes about the show and about gamers and just generally... Actually, no, he was making jokes about gamers, but they were in the script. Yeah. Towards the end, he was just making jokes about the show and yeah. about how shit it was. And I just love the fact that he was just behaving horribly <laughs> and that they clearly were all panicking because they were like, oh, God. Well, a pile of crap. Yeah, anyway. I've heard a couple of people mention that, actually, including yourself. And, but I just, I just can't watch it. I, I don't want to watch No, you shouldn't unfold. watch it. It's horrible. But it was, it was just a big advert. And I think that was what was funny about it, it was the fact though, that... I know, but it was kind of funny having him there because usually it's all like, wow, yeah, cool. Video game's amazing. But having him being there, like, who gives a shit? It's this usually really glitzy, isn't it? Like, you got Samuel L. Jackson exactly. last Samuel year Jackson, and the big, like... audience, big crowd and all that. And it yeah. was really, like, but that Hollywood style. Because, but that works better because that's more like... Um, Oh, you know the MTV Awards or, yeah. the, or the Disney Kids Awards they do. So it instantly has a as a comparable. So okay, just doing it for games. When you're doing a weird little like I don't know ski lodge. I thought. I thought <laughs> what the hell is this? I thought Joel was a hero just because it's like a lot of people are like oh fuck you you've demeaned gamers but they need to realise that those bits were scripted. Yeah. He was reading it off an auto cue and uh, you know so as ever aimed at completely the wrong people. But no, I just like the fact that it was clearly just a three hour long advertisement and the fact that as mm. soon as he started asking any even vaguely pointy questions it was like ah shut the fucker down shut him, <laughs> shut him down shut him down because it was like they pitched it to Nintendo as a big promo yeah, like exactly, you yeah. come on. You you know, well, it's like the fact that it was like, hey guys, Nintendo got a world exclusive for you. You can play an old monkey in Donkey Kong. It's like, that's, that's not cool. Is it? Yeah, exactly. And oh. even like the fact that they had a world premiere for a, a 30 second lighting tech demo for Ubisoft's The Division. It mm. was just like, you know how like, you know, we get press releases all the time being like, check out this exciting new set of screenshots. Yeah. It was that aimed yeah. at like yeah. consumers directly. Yeah. It was, oh my God, it was like staring into the abyss. There was some cool stuff though. There was some cool there stuff. There was, but largely you just thought, there was oh one, my God. one cool thing. Uh, no, which was I like the Into the stuff Sky. Well. No Man's Sky. No Man's Sky was fucking amazing. And it's the sort of thing that I would never get excited for normally. No, Chris always takes the piss out of me. He's like, well, I think you like indie games. Like indie games. <laughs> this is the first indie game where I can go, yeah, actually, the really fucking exciting. Interesting. Oh, what, let, let, tell us what you like about it. Um, I don't... You know what? There's not one thing that I can really put my, fi- my finger on and go, that's why I like it. It's just a, an HD elite, isn't it, really, by the look of it? Do you not think? Or, um, I think you might be right. So... I think being able... I know it's not the first time a game has done it, but that whole, going, that whole, <laughs> yeah, that whole going straight into space is just cool, isn't it? And I think when you take on the developer as well, I know they've only made Joe Danger, but they've got pedigree in other, in other realms That as does well. worry me a little bit. Are they... I'm not worried about it at all, actually. I'm the opposite. Are they biting off more than they can chew? They've, no, said that. They have, they've said that. They've said that this could be the end of this studio, depending on... They're putting everything into this. I think they're well aware, but to say something like that and be that sort of aware of where you are and that uh, ambitious probably means they know what they're actually, doing. you shoot I, for the moon. You know, yeah. I, to be fair to the, the show, I, I, I think it's an absolute waste of time, except for... <laughs> to with, be fair to the show. With, with No Man's Sky. <laughs> you no, got to try that again, Brad. With No Man's Sky, um, they, obviously a game that not everyone would have paid much attention to the release of unless it was on some kind of event like that, including apparently Microsoft and Sony both ran after it, hadn't been in contact with the studio uh, before then, 
and they bo- they both uh, been interested in trying to get onto Exclusive, their consoles. Yeah. Like that's awesome. Uh, a studio of a, a small indie. I don't game. know if if it needs a platform like that. To oh, do oh it on. No. something like Star Citizen didn't need that sort of platform, and that got yeah, ridiculous what, amount of hype. I don't know. It's good that it was there because it brought it to you attention. Cared, you said it's one of the first indie games you've been excited about. Would you have cared if you hadn't been watching that and seen it? Um, it's a weird place to show it. I get I'll the admit. impression that there are actually, and it's easy to poke fun at stuff like the VGX, but I get the impression that because it's a broadcast broadcast thing, I get the impression that it's mainly dominated by viacom fuckwits mm. who are just old media pricks and i get the impression that within game trailers and within that company there are people who are good who really want to do I good think, things i think jeff's one of them to be honest he may well be actually you know what like the character i painted him as in that video wasn't um wasn't unfair to that i don't think i mean i, I kind of painted him as being a useless weaselly idiot but I didn't. Also, oh, someone that cared and someone yeah, that wanted yeah, to. Yeah, I, I kind of because that's the impression I get from him that he's not like one of these guys who's like, "Hey," and he's often painted as being like, "Hey, buy Doritos and uh, Mountain Dew." And I don't think he is that. Mm. I think he's an increasingly miserable, poor little bastard <laughs> who is just finding himself increasingly out of his depth and being like, "I don't want to do this." But also, maybe aware, sadly, that he doesn't really have a choice. His, He's in so deep that he couldn't yeah. do the whole oh, no. uh, Jeff Gersman thing of being like, "I'm going to start my own site and fuck all this." He's more because, of a, yeah, he's more of a presenter now than he is a journalist. He I is, think. He and I do, think he knows that. But, but I don't know. I, I I do. I don't think he's a bad dude. No, exactly, exactly. And I think there are some bad dudes. I think he's so, that's it. I think he's maybe made some. <laughs> he's maybe made some some questionable choices with his career, and he's maybe let things slide. And maybe, but that's just the choice he's made. You know, he doesn't want to be a warrior. He wants to be a presenter. He's probably earning quite a decent amount of money. Fair play to him. Mm. But I don't think he's a bad guy. No, no, no I don't yeah. think he's a bad guy. But as as we say, there are definitely bad guys involved in the production of that fucking yeah. show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's over now for another year. It is, we but well, we should. I mean, one. briefly, like No Man's Sky, because I think that is big news. Um, it looks stunning. It yeah. looks like a HD version. I was saying to Brat as yesterday. I love the fact that when Proteus came out last year, which is, I remember playing it and going, oh, this is great. This is proof that games don't need to be HD. They can still be beautiful and immersive, but really basic. And then as soon as I saw No Man's Sky, I was like, it's like Proteus, but in HD. I was like, all right, this is exactly all that shit I said about HD not mattering. It's kind of cool, actually. And um, I'm just, I was stunned by it. And I think because I love 70s and 80s sci-fi, like films like Silent Running and uh, even just the posters and like the book cover designs for stuff like Asimov. I'm a big sci-fi geek, so... I read a thread somewhere saying uh, that they wish No Man's Sky is what Destiny was. And yeah, I've I think, seen a few people compare it to Destiny, actually. Yeah, and I, and I think if a, if a big team had taken on something like No Man's Sky, imagine what they could do with that sort of thing, the universe they could build, even if it's not necessarily procedurally generated like No mm. Man's Sky is. I don't know, because I, th- I think... I mean, we're getting off track maybe to talk about Destiny, but Destiny, I, I've never really particularly been sold on because it does just sound like Borderlands meets Halo. It whereas does, this, yeah. Whereas No Man's Sky actually sounds quite innovative. The thing is, uh, don't get me wrong with that. Like, I'm not... I think with Destiny, I'm really excited about playing it because it is a cross between Borderlands and Halo. And it's like, it's... In marketing terms, it's a very simple but a very easy sell. Mm. And I think that's why, you know, it's very, it's very Activision, I'll be honest. In fact, it's like... That's something that's easy to pitch to gamers. It's like it's going to be like Borderlands cross with Halo, and you know what? It's going to play really fucking well, yeah. and it's going to be really good. It's just Bungie, one of those studios where it's just like it's not going to be bad. It's going to be really good, mm. but it, as you say, it might be perhaps a little more bland than it could have been. Yeah, yeah it does seem a little bit heartless in terms of that. I'm sure it will play absolutely lovely, but the, I'm not getting excited about the characters they're showing or the worlds they're showing that much. I might be on my own there, but it just it it just hasn't quite grabbed me. And well, I, I felt don't know like why. The, the characters in Halo have been weak since Halo One. Halo 1 had, like, an awesome main character... Yeah, to be fair... I, ...who was basically a tank. That's, that's very true. I'd, I'd never played Halo for the characters. I played it because I thought yeah. it played really, really well and loved the multiplayer. So maybe... You know what? Fair enough. If that's, if that's what they're aiming for and they managed to do it again on this ridiculous scale. And please stop being so fucking pretentious. When they put Whoa. their announcement out the other day about their delay... It was just written so horrifically. I was like, oh my God, you guys, <laughs> you guys, please just get a grip. What did it say? I can't remember the exact wording, but I was reading it thinking, One you, day a you, game. Are, you are so far up your own ass. Like, it's unbelievable. Please. You're making Halo, it, you're ma- it? Yeah, Halo 3 was shit. 
So was Halo 2. Well, actually, you know, Halo 4 was the best thing to happen to that series. That's this. You are. I don't know. Look, actually, you know what? I'm not. I'm not gonna because I haven't played Halo 4, so I can't like full on jump on board Dave's side here. But I will say that. I jumped into the Halo series at Halo 2 and I played it split screen with a friend. Yeah. Played the whole campaign. Played it a whole campaign about a day. And I've got to say, I finished it and thought, that was pretty shit. Mm. Like, and then I played Halo 3's campaign and there was so much hype for Halo 3 yeah, oh yeah, that um, I kind of got into it more and I enjoyed yeah, the yeah. campaign more. But then actually, I think the more I looked at it, once the hype had cooled down, I'm like, it's not actually very good either. Again, my favourite part of Halo 3 was the bit at the end where you had to drive the warthogs yeah. over the bits. And yeah, that was cool. basically a callback Halo to Halo 1. Halo 3's campaign is absolutely boring. Still one, of the best, <laughs> still one of the best games I've ever played. The multiplayer Well, that's is the phenomenal. thing, is the multiplayer in Halo 2 and Halo 3 continued to be awesome. Yeah. yeah. But it was weird because I didn't get because I went to Halo Fest. This is funny, I could probably say this now, but I went to Halo Fest about a year and a half ago when I was working for OXM. And it was out at PAX in Seattle, and we basically got sent over there by Microsoft to cover Halo Fest for Microsoft's, well, not Microsoft's magazine, but an Xbox magazine. Fair enough. People fucking love Halo. I get that. Thing was, I didn't really get Halo or like Halo at all. So I was sent out to sit through about two and a half days worth of seminars <laughs> about, um, Halo. about Halo Love it. and Q&As about Halo. And it was hilarious. It was actually me and Martin Gaston, who used to be a video gamer, mm. sitting next to each other for 12 hours a day for three days, just listening to people talking about Halo. Okay. And it was funny because it was like I realized um, as it went on that actually Halo has amazing characters and amazing stories and amazing lore. It's actually like a really cool idea. It's just the games... The game doesn't tell them ...do a really well. bad job of doing it. Mm. I didn't realise that the Master Chief is... They're fucking awesome. The Spartans, right? This, this is like mentioned in some like audio logs or something in one of the games. But the way that the Master Chief Spartans are made is that they are kids, basically. They, yeah, they did a, um, a, a series before Halo 4 to promote that. Yeah. With, like a online series where yeah. the kids like are taken away and they take like, these kids away break company. all their bones yeah. and, then, and then make them into like assassins and the, the whole I point like about the Spartans was that to begin with the Spartans were used as basically black ops assassins mm. they drop them in go in someone's house kill someone they were like killing political dissidents yeah. Yeah. and you know what if they made a fucking Halo game where you do that where you go and kill <laughs> kids in their beds I'd fucking buy that and I found that with Gears as well the best stories in those yeah, series are being told outside of the games no. I don't understand why they can't just merge the whole lore into a, a decent game Like, why? I just think it's a shame because the whole thing with Master Chief is they just made him this sort of like the chief the chief they made him such a hero and having all that darkness as such a backdrop and actually also making it such a fucking like self-centered backdrop like it's like oh the chief he's had a really hard life because they broke all his bones and stuff if they actually talk more about the fact that the Spartans are fucking murdering people in their sleep and stuff then that might add some depth to the character that as currently is still just a fucking green Lego man agreed <laughs> but I guess some I mean there are, there are a large portion of people that just want cool man in green suit I get that things. I get that and unfortunately they but no but that, what I was going to say is I didn't understand that appeal of yeah. Halo uh, until I actually went and played the the collector's edition the anniversary edition mm. of Halo on the 360 when they just re-jazzed the graphics up. And playing the original Halo, it was the first time I played the original Halo, and even though it was a game that was like 10 years old, it still played fucking nice. Yeah, yeah the original Halo. Really and the sensation of moving around and killing stuff, yeah. they haven't quite nailed that since. Like, that first game feels fucking badass. Like, yeah, you feel cool. like a walking tank, and you're taking on whole like, alien armies on your own, and it's tough, but it's doable. Yeah. And... When I played that, I was like, this is why people like Halo. But it's interestingly, they haven't well. quite nailed it ever since. Yeah, no. So I'm interested to see if, if Destiny has that kind of identity, that kind of feeling that I you get in your chest. I think tough, because I always wonder how many people are Bungie fans and how many people are Halo fans. Yeah. And I think the latter camp is a lot bigger. So, I mean, you know, if Bungie can't sell people with their idea, how many people are going to jump aboard? I don't think people will buy it just because it's made by the people that made Halo. No. Because it's still Halo games. And that's, a, that's, that's, that's an easier sell yeah, than should I play the new game. That's an interesting idea, Halo fans versus Bungie fans. But yeah. I guess Halo 4 isn't, hasn't maintained its audience. It's died death, really, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, strange. We'll see. We'll see. Maybe they are waiting for Destiny. Maybe they believe in the, in the developer. Oh, yeah, I think so. Bungie are an incredibly talented group of guys. I mean, they basically made Xbox Live, didn't they? Yeah. From what I understand. Yeah. But, um, what I've got to say, though, actually, finally I've got to say on No Man's Land is No Man's Sky is um, I've met the guys a couple of times at Halo and I have just been blown away by how good they are. Because when I played Joe Danger, it... It just absolutely did my nut in, to quote uh, Danny Dyer. Um, the, 
it, it was just perfect because mm. I reviewed, um, before I met any of those guys, I reviewed Joe Danger for OXM and I thought it was just, at first I was like, oh, this is a simple little cheery game. And then I realized that the attention to detail on the art and the, the visual style was just impeccable mm. and it was just lovely. And then I started to actually realize how the mechanics of the game really worked and realizing this whole like, the way you could use the boost and the wheelie and the jump at the same time. And yeah, a lot of people said this. It was this yeah. incredible finesse to it. It was an incredibly advanced system, but then yeah. you realized that that wasn't just something you worked out and the game was built around that. So it had this incredible layers of you could play it like a really easy game, but mm. then there was this incredibly advanced game on yeah. top of it. Yeah. And it didn't require you to go into a, like, an advanced game mode to do it. At any point, you could be halfway through a race and you could suddenly go, I'm going to step my game up. I'm yeah, going to so do something fucking the, hardcore. That's the thing. It never really clicked with me. And I think because I was trying to play it like Trials, and I don't think you're supposed to play it no. like Trials. And yeah, I've, I've gone back to it about five or six different times and it's still, I can't get into it. And I don't know why that is. I think it is because I'm trying to play it like a game that it isn't trying to be. I think maybe, because I didn't like Trials after playing Joe Danger. Right. Because I think the Trials is much less interesting. Well, there you go. I think that's probably sums up, doesn't it? Two drastically different ways of approaching it. And I think the difference is, is that in Joe Danger, there is that trial stuff. And there are challenges in there, and lots of them, that are really hard and do require that kind of perfection of Trials. But it's, it's not just about that and I find mm. Trials frustrating in the fact that what's lovely about Joe Danger is if you get really fucked off with a challenge and you just can't do it there's so many other simple fun things you can do instead that are equally satisfying like you could do go for a time trial uh, badge or you could go for a stunt badge or you could like just try and find all the co- coins in an area yeah. or it was just it was a wonderful mixture of a puzzle game and a racer and but what I loved about it is I think I reviewed it and I was like it feels like a mixture between Sonic the Hedgehog Tony Hawk's Pro Skater and some other stuff and all of the influences that I felt were really strong in that game I then after I met the guys they showed me the original design document for the game and it was like it almost mirrored my review Mm. and that just blew my mind because so often when working on a project and I know it's just from personal experience your original vision and what you actually get ends up being different because of compromise that happens and to see the original design document and see what they'd made and see like no compromise I was like fuck Mm. like fuck (laughs) you guys are good and it makes me think that all these people at the moment when you have people like new (laughs) franchise old franchise and people want them to come back and they want types of games to come back and be as good as they used to be you kind of think you know what a lot of these big devs they've got these older dev teams teams that have been around for 10-15 years the guys are kind of maybe past it a bit and what I love about Hello Games I love the fact they're British I love the fact that it's a fucking tiny studio and these guys I blew my mind that Joe Danger was made by four people. The fact that this is made by four people now actually okay. in a weird way doesn't blow they my have mind. Man, they've expanded a little bit since then. They, they have, they've expanded, but, but this, this project is still working on by four I, people. Oh, oh, right, yeah, because they're, they're, they're working on other stuff around yep. that. Yep. Can I just say, how freaking cool is it that they've gone from a game like Joe Danger to oh, yeah. No Man's Sky? I like, totally unexpected so, for me, but... There's no, there's no link there. That's amazing. Yeah. I can't... I'm Maybe Joe Danger turns up in a spaceship. A nice little Easter egg. Yeah. I just think that they're so talented. And I think it's, it's what fascinates me now about the games industry is because the horsepower of machines is kind of leveling out and you've got access to a lot of power mm. to do interesting things, which just wasn't there before. And because the tools to make games, and especially with this procedural stuff, where if you're smart with it, you can create huge amounts of shit without that much manpower. Yeah. It is very much just a no man's land for, for, for talent. And at the moment we're seeing like, small studios of one to ten people just coming out with stuff that's like almost on par with like full studios i've played some indie games recently where it's like yeah this is made by one person it's like what like this is i've seen like games made by hundreds of people that aren't this good that guy who made a skyrim mod and now works at bungie yeah it's like a tank engine no no (laughs) he made a whole fucking like skyrim like adventure mod that was just like it was looked like the work of like hundreds of people and it's like yeah I don't mind yeah. <laughs> it's mental there's some manly talented people out there just waiting in the wings to be hired by you I don't know but I think I think Hello Games are going to be a big force <laughs> hired by you I don't know by me I have no idea I reckon I wouldn't be surprised if within like a couple of years Hello Games would be like massive I think this is going to make or break them definitely and Rocksteady they were a small studio and they made your fucking favourite game yeah uh, did yeah they're, 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 I like the thing with Rocksteady as well they're so particular about who they hire you have to go through about seven interview processes before they let you in. Yeah. I like that. I get that Meticulous. impression. They, yeah. they don't fuck around. No, they don't take any shit. You're going to go in there and help them or you can go away forever. It's just interesting because <laughs> it's, it's that transition Dead. between like, um, like developers like ID Software, id, you know, mm. not id, sorry, 3D Realms. You know, 3D Realms when they eventually shut down and it was like, what have you guys been doing? And well, it's like they've just been playing World of Warcraft for like 15 <laughs> years. <laughs> yeah. 
Who um, knows? Who will ever know? And it's that two ends of the spectrum of like the kind of older dudes sitting around, maybe not on the game as much as they should be. And these young, the feisty. Uh, say, talking of id, I wonder what. I wonder how long they've got left. To be honest, because they've just had John Carmack leave as yeah. well. Um, and what have they had? They've had Rage working on Doom Four, but that project seems to be doomed. Well, I didn't mean to say that. Oh but, my yeah, god! Do you know what I mean? You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> but it is. It's that old, that old school dev environment where mm. maybe the industry's moved on from that. And uh, well, this is it. I think there, there may be. You know, I think that's the problem. Is it's, it's just a reminder that. You know, we all get left behind. It's in the same way that when I was. If you don't try up, to catch up, you do, of course. Well, that's the thing. Well, it's like you know, loads of people like think about our not our generation, but our parents' generation, right? Think about how many people who are our parents' age who worked in IT, mm. worked in computers, yeah. who like now the skills that they use for most of their career are like beyond obsolete, like absolutely useless. Mm. And I think about this all the time. I'm like, I'm quite fucking on the edge of tech right now but give me 10 15 years and i'll have kids being like oh shut up granddad yeah. premiere we all use fucking 3d adventure simulation software now yeah, oh, i love that stuff a rubbish stuff, 3dss you know what i mean though it just feels like a lot of these old studios yeah, well, they've, they've caught up with the technology but these guys like hello you meet yeah. them and you chat to them it's like these guys are on the fucking bleeding mm. edge like they're gonna be like dancing on the graves of these big studios and they fucking know it like they won't admit it because the they're modest the same but with, you know, same with sports Jesus. same with uh, less is with entertainment and stuff but you know if you don't find ways to reinvent yourself or, or see what's you know trends that are happening and keep up with them you'll you'll die and that's why you know I know I know people are upset I can't remember the, the name of the studio now when the dizzy guys had to go you know it's the same thing dizzy was a it was a relic of its time yeah. and when you try and sort of you know, kickstart that now. People just see a giant egg and go, "Don't really want to play a platform with a giant egg." You know, I'm playing, I'm playing Call of Duty online. Like, it's, also, it's, there's a lack of drive there. You know, oh yeah. Well, when you say we want like a hundred, like, couple of hundred grand to make a dizzy game, that doesn't suggest to me like any passion. That suggests to me going, well, you know, got Give quite expensive studio. There. You can maybe like, you can maybe pay our help us pay. Maybe, and yeah. I don't think they're being greedy. I think they're just complacent and they're like, well. It, this is how much we need to get paid to do it. Mm. I honestly think, I mean, this, this is a kind of broader issue here, but I think with the kind of Western recession that we've had for the past, oh, God knows now, eight years, seven 700, years? 700, say 700 years. 700 years. Yeah. With a whole recession, I think what's been most interesting about it, and I think the only good thing that's going to come out of this increasingly horrible austerity that we're all living in, particularly in Britain, is a generation of youth who are so screwed that we've had to become really ferociously passionate and good at what we do. Mm. And I think we're going to hopefully see lots of people who are just intensely talented and creating amazing things. Hopefully. Um, just because of the fact that you can't get a job, so you have to be like fucking badass at what you do. Yeah. Whereas in the past, you could just cruise through life quite easily. Well, you see quite a lot of that with CVs, don't you? A lot of inventive CVs around nowadays where people sort of think outside the box to get jobs and stuff. So maybe that will sort of, you know, grow. And yeah, we'll live in a world of like superhumans. Hopefully. I'm up for that. I mean, we might all be really poor, but we might end up being we'll be, creatively yeah. amazing. Yeah, I, saw living on the edge of I saw a job, job vacancy down the road earlier today and it said, please leave your CV with a photo. I was like, oh. Why, do, you, I, why uh, do I need a can't, photo? Can't hire ugly people. No, yeah, we'll maybe not. Give them a photo of like a nice tree or something. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> here's a here's a lovely photograph oh, I took. See, thinking outside <laughs> the box. That, that's that's your way in. That's yeah. the test. Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe I'll be Kelly Brook for the day. Then I'll get hired. That will that'll expose them, won't it? <laughs> maybe I'll be uh, Kelly Brook for the day. Uh, I like yes. you just say that as if that's something you can just do, Dave. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Use that last wish I've got. <laughs> I that can genie. Kelly Brook for a day, please. All I want, right? I'm a brunette. Let's be honest, Dave. We know you well enough to know that if you did have a genie lamp and you did have a wish that allowed you to become Kelly Brook for a day, you wouldn't leave the fucking house. Yes. Anyway, um, has anyone played any other games recently? Because I know it's been a bit uh, dry. I, I, I won't go into it too much because there's a video going live probably as we're recording this, maybe. Who knows? Oh. So stuff. But I played Dark Souls, which yeah, I've been promising I, to do. I introduced for... Simon to the world of Dark goblins. Is that, what you, is that how you described it? I think I got up and said I'm off to the world of goblins, yeah. I like, that was oh, hilarious. Oh. I lost my shit at that point. <laughs> well, it's kind of true. No I problem. like the it's fact that you weren't, you weren't even joking. You no, there. I was deadly serious. <laughs> up to the world of goblins. Uh, and it's much better and much more easy for you to watch the video to, to get an idea of what I thought about it. But I mean, you know, after giving it 24 hours or you know, whenever we played it last week as well to, to let it settle in, I understand the appeal of Dark Souls. I get it. I understand, you know, why it's become the thing that it has because... <laughs> I'm glad that settled in because during the video there is a point where I go, so yeah, Simon, okay, I get you. This isn't really your type of game, but you understand the appeal, right? This is the worst game <laughs> I've ever played. I think that's after someone just stabbed me in the head. Yeah. Uh, and I, I do get it. And, you know, I understand that it's nice to have a game 
that doesn't sort of follow the the the, the modern day trends of hand holding and you know checkpoints and all that kind of stuff. You know, but it kind of takes old school game logic but merges it with incredibly innovative ideas, and that's really cool. You know, it's an interesting game to have, but it's just not my game like it's just i mean maybe maybe you know i wake up one day going i want to go back i want to keep doing it but you know the perpetual nature of getting my ass kicked over and over and having to keep going back to points that i've done you know hundreds of times it's just i just it just Uh, breaks me it just breaks me i I feel like i have a responsibility to ask this how many controllers were harmed in the making of? i threw one at me i threw one controller at brat Brat, just in his general direction (laughs) it's funny i think i honestly honestly reckon you should give it a bit more of a chance at home on your own when you're not trying to worry about being on camera or whatever Mm. and just because it's funny that what you talk about there is again it's like it's it does take a while for that game to completely click. And I think you think you've got it now, but I don't think you have. Mm. Especially when you talk about having to the whole thing of having to backtrack. There are some points in the game where you think, oh God, I've got to go all the way back there. But that doesn't happen until you've played for like quite a while. No, I mean more of the stuff when you die yeah. and you have to go through that section again to get to the section that you can't do. So yeah. you have to redo the section that you know but you can't do. Not get the, it's, the thrill, do. it's not just that. It's the thrill of getting back to get your souls. Because you can keep I didn't dying. Get excited about that. One. Well, that's the trick. It's, well, it's not exciting. It's <laughs> terrifying. Way, right. Okay. But it's. I think maybe the difference is because you knew you were just playing it for a stream, right? That you weren't invested in it because maybe. you kind of knew you were probably just going to play it for half an hour and then never play it again. Whereas obviously, when you're playing it properly, you're you want to continue through the game. You want to beat the game. Mm. And so because of that, it means every time you die, it's not an irritation. It's it's like it's a, fuck. a risk. Thing. It's a big problem because then you might have like four thousand souls. You haven't lost those if you can get back to them. And if you get back right. to them and activate them, then if you die again, that's fine. You can keep dying again and again and again. And actually, that one section right at the start when you're on your way to the tourist demon, which is the bit in the video, which yeah. is the classic bit that most people know, is actually a bit of a trial of fire because that bit is really hard yeah. when you first start the game because it requires you to really uh, understand the game in terms of using your eyes. Mm. You know, you, the guys chuck firebombs down from the roof. If you'd looked, you would have noticed that. If you look at them again, you can, you can maybe shoot them with an arrow or you realise yeah, they can't throw them all the way over the bridge so if you stay on the right side of the bridge and you start to basically realise that the game is trying to break you but there are lots and lots of things there are so many ways for you to beat the game Mm. if you look Um, but it's it's that thing of like you fail and fail and fail and fail but eventually you get to the point where you go right you get back to your body and if you've died like six, seven times (laughs) you end up like you've got like 15,000 souls because you haven't lost any Mm. and then you can go back you can upgrade and then you know you can become slightly more powerful and give yourself an edge but the problem is is it means that the backtracking back to where you've died never really feels like a chore because you have to if as soon as you start treating like a chore you'll die and if you know that you had like 12,000 souls that's very true if you 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 become complacent with it then all of a sudden you get murked by I guess it's the equivalent warriors. of like if you play it if you played it knowing that you probably wouldn't play it after that it's the equivalent of playing poker without money you know what I mean yeah, I guess alright well but, I, um, I may go back to it but I mean you know, I haven't got to this point you know where you're at and I'm sure many people are at, so it's hard for me to to understand that uh, I may I may go back to the moment I just do feel like it was a, it was torturous I, I but you know <laughs> I, I will try and get to this stage where you know that makes sense to me but at the moment, it just doesn't like you know. It's just it's so far from where I'm at the moment. But like, it's you know, I've played it for what a couple of hours, so it's not. There is there is a fair point there. I think we were kind of we ended up because of how the video worked. We were treating the Taurus Demon as like the last boss of the game almost because yeah. we you could almost well you could <laughs> almost you could almost kill him, but you if you died, you weren't really interested in building up souls and trying to worry about what happens after that boss. That's true. It yeah. was just get back to the boss as quickly as possible and try again. And isn't that frustrating that we've got to run through this stuff again? Like that, I think. I understand why... Yeah, that's not how you play it. Why it feels and it's not how you would have played it. It's not that you were playing it wrong. That's, I guess, that you were playing it as a, as a stream and mm. the aim of, of the... Yeah, and I, I guess know what you're saying, I know what you're saying. It's one of those things. But I think you should definitely try again, honestly. I'll probably keep saying that forever. It, it, All right, well, like, if I can try and update you on, on a weekly basis, I, I will do But just uh, have a go at home. Because honestly, the other thing as well, is I know this is a constraint of our streaming setup, is that we, because of the microphones, we have to keep the volume on television quite low. Mm. And the sound design and the audio in that game is fucking lovely. Yeah. Honestly, I reckon you play that on your own with a bit of volume on, not a vast amount, <laughs> the, uh, just enough, give, give enough, just a little bit. Uh, it's, it's so immersive. Right. As, as, a, as a world, right. it's like fucking wow. We will see. We will see what happens. So just, far, murder. Just give it another Absolute chance. Absolute murder. You didn't get it. You didn't get it. <laughs> and I know you can. That's the only reason, because I know that the games you like, you will love it. You yeah. just need to get through that wall. 
Okay. Well, we'll anyway, see what happens. Anyway. I'll keep you abreast. Um, let's just jump over to some questions, I think. It's All been right. a bit of an off the, off the wall podcast today, but there, to be honest, no real new games. So uh, It's <laughs> December time, isn't it? It will go quiet now. Every now and then you get like, a game like Avatar that comes out. Do you remember that? Avatar? When Ubisoft released Avatar in the Christmas? first week of December and Did it like, really? sold eight copies. Well done, Ubisoft. That's good work. The game's terrible. Um, yeah, but now this, there's none this year. It's all quiet. All quiet on the Western front. Mm. Time for you to enjoy Christmas. Oh yeah, Lovely. Christmas time. <laughs> exactly. Fucking drinking wine. <laughs> I think that's how it fucking went. Classic fucking fucking well. drinking all the wine. <laughs> Come on, Brat. Right, I've got some questions Ask here. Ask me some sexy questions. Uh, I'm not sure it's sexy, but we've it's got some Brad's from sexy the forums. Question time. <laughs> that's making me feel uncomfortable. Mate. Slip off your trousers. No. Make some trousers. hot cocoa. Rub trousers your on. Oh yeah. I'm on it. They've been taking his trousers off so long, baby. Beroldi from the forums asks, uh, Hi there. Hi. I just wanted to know how to buy PSN cards online. I'm not from Europe (laughs) or US. Please advise. Uh, Why don't... Dave? Uh, How do you buy them online? Yep. Well, you must be able to buy them in the PlayStation store. Go to the play. Is that actually oh, our want- answer? Is go Does- to PlayStation. Oh, he store. go to PlayStation. He wants yeah. actual like cards. Yeah. Go to local game retailer. Important from Amazon. Yeah, buy from right. Amazon. There you go. There you go. Uh, other brands are available. Thanks for your question. We've got a question from Alec about the VGX. Um, in terms of what do you think of it? I think we've whole, covered that quite extensively. How would you yeah. do it differently, I guess? I d- I mean, just stick to do what did last year, it's fine. I understand that's the way that these shows are done, so stick with it. It's Everyone fine. complained about that, though, didn't they? They didn't oh, like they it. about everything. Oh, though, that's it, true. I don't know. No, it's, it, no it's, I think it is crap, but I think the problem is this television's crap. And I think that, that that's a bigger problem that's going to be harder to solve. But the VGXs aren't going to change that. So if no, you're going to do it, just no. do it like the... I can't remember what the MTV Awards I mean, are called, but that The VGX whatever. is like symptomatic of the fact that television covers games in a way that is meaningless and embarrassing. boring and inoffensive. It's embarrassing. Yeah, it is. But it's because... I, but the you know, television Awards are embarrassing. The look, Disney Awards are embarrassing. Then if we, we, but at we least have... do it in a way that is familiar to other... You know, don't... Doing like the VGXs makes it seem even worse. Like games aren't even on the, on the, on the level of these other things. They're even shitter. Who gives a but shit? Okay. Well, the, you know, you've got um, other award shows that aren't like the MTV Awards. There are high caliber ones. I think Would you like yeah. the VGXs to be like no, the Oscars. No, I think that's what people do why, want, isn't it? Yeah, I think they want a we... serious Oscar type. No, that wouldn't thing. work either. The problem is, it's well, just the fact a, that there's you... a BAFTA Game Awards, isn't there? Like, it, what, can't you? But it's not televised. This is the thing. The, the problem is, right? When you televise stuff about games and when you televise stuff about music or films, like that's the stuff that's enjoyed by a variety of demographics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But games is largely enjoyed by younger people, and television as a medium is largely controlled by uh, white dudes in their fifties and sixties who have no interest in it and don't really understand it, and so they don't care. And it means that it always feels massively out of touch with what is largely a young generation. Yeah. I think it's television across the board. It's why most people don't watch television. And it's funny in the fact that people we get pissed off about this. But it's like, it's online, but largely it's also broadcast in the US on three TV shows. And I think if it was just on TV, we wouldn't watch it. I think yeah. the difference between this year and last year was last year wasn't an award show. This year wasn't an award show. This year was It was weird a, how they squeezed it in, wasn't it? It was, it was like, just oh, here's weird the thing. It was just a big promotional announcement yeah, exactly. event. And if that's the direction they want to go, that's fine. But they need to distance themselves from the awards. It I seems think. like they were desperately trying to use a format that made it something because obviously Viacom have got beef with YouTube and they've sued them in the past and they've been this seems quite blatant they want game trailers to be uh, <laughs> something that people use for games instead of YouTube yeah. and it's not going to happen um, but they're trying to enforce that and it felt like this year's show making it really a TV style show was them trying to justify why publishers should use this instead of just putting mm. it on YouTube mm. and I'm, I'm not sure they've Anyone done that Anyone that wants so. to try out YouTube YouTube should be shot. I know, yeah, it's dumb. What I mean, are you doing? I say, I hope that somebody does it because yeah, I'm fed up with using YouTube it. and it's very getting dodgy. Though, isn't it? That's it is. Problem. That's like, the problem. It's massive. It's like, oh, let's try and come up with a search engine. Don't bother. Don't bother. This is wasted. You may luck out, but it's massively. And it's this like is the trying problem. to start a milk service. I'm going to call it Matt and Miller's Milk, right? Oh no. What's it going to awesome. do? That's it's going to be door to door milk delivery. We'll yes. deliver you milk every day. Yes. People are going to go. Well, I've already got that. No, you haven't. Not from Matt and Miller. From Matt and Miller. And I go, yeah, but. I've already... No, I don't need that. What does Miller's show? milk taste like? Oh, it's sexy. <laughs> That's another question for another time. It's not, we're, not, we're not up to Miller Instincts. It's, it's, yeah, it's interesting. You should ask that. The next question is... Uh, well, actually, it's, actually, funny, it's actually from Chris Emery on Twitter. Hi, Chris Emery. Who asks, will this week's edition of the VG UK podcast include any more food-related facts? 
That's a good point, actually. Uh, people really like the egg what, facts. Yeah, it was the I egg don't know any food. The egg facts went I, down a massive street. I with, and I'm still not food sure. Food facts, food facts, food facts. No, is the answer. You know, you know stuff about food. Not that anybody you wants to like know. You weigh like oats and stuff. Yeah, because you got to make sure you get right calories, innit? Yeah. Have oh. we got a mouse, apparently? Did you hear don't, about don't this? Tell, oh, let's not talk about that. Oh, the no, world. Right. Move on, move on. Next question. We haven't got a mouse. We haven't We haven't got any uh, food facts. I've got an amazing banana fact, but it's too long. I might save that for another time. I might have done the banana fact already, haven't I? I think you did, yeah. Yeah, I think I've the, the monkeys opened the banana from the no, no, no. Side about, the, by but about it. bananas all being clones and it's a big conspiracy. It's amazing. Look it up if you look it up. Yeah. I'll tell a story another time. Yeah. Uh, okay, and we've got this from George, also known as Petty One Three Five Seven Nine. Sorry, that's something in my mouth. That's something in my mouth. That's something in my mouth. There is something inherently funny about that name. Yeah, I don't know what it is either. Yeah. God, you guys are jerks. Uh, is I wouldn't say not to be petty, but it was actually One Four Seven Three Six. Classic. Are there any games based on films that you particularly enjoyed and actually think are good video games? Oh, Goldeneye. Yeah, that's quite a lot. Oh, Goldeneye, of course, yeah. I thought King Kong what, what, was okay. King I mean, Kong was okay. really good. Oh, I know why you like King Kong. Let's keep it in no, the brackets of okay. It was made by Michelle Ansel, the Rayman guy. Oh, it was okay. Come on, it, it was, was good. Okay. But yeah, Goldeneye's the best one. People who say that King Kong was shit haven't played King Kong. Uh, no, it was, I've, it was terrible. Um, what? <laughs> it's good. Uh, I, I quite enjoyed, I'm not saying this is like the best one by any margins, but mm-hmm. I remember surprisingly enjoying the, uh, the game about the Green Lantern film that came yeah, out. I it was a third, a lot of people said that was a third okay, party yeah. brawler that was co op. Yeah. Um, it was really dull. Like the level design and the enemy design was incredibly basic and yeah. it felt like they had a very small budget. But the combat system in it was really, really fun. Yeah. And I, I, rem- I had to play it for review and it was one of those games where I was like, usually with that calibre of game, I mean, don't get me wrong, it got like a six or a seven out of ten. Um, you get to about halfway through and you just go, I just want this to be over. Yeah, I, I don't want to do this yeah. anymore. Please but all the stop. way through the game, I had, I had fun. There you go. I was Same like, with Captain wow. America. Yeah, I was going to say it's Captain, a bit like Batman. Captain America just stole Batman's... Oh, Batman Returns on the Sniz. There you go, that was amazing. What about the, um, the Scott Pilgrim game on the... No. Oh, okay. no, 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 no I never tried it. It was so much hype when I played it. It was okay, but it looked cool. It it doesn't deserve to be spoken about now. It was quite short, I thought. I was like, everyone banged on about it. I was like, wow, go check this out. It's quite short. And, but then, you know, I like, I thought Castle Crashers was a bit overrated as well. I liked it, but it was I like... I liked it. Again, same kind of feeling, really. Yeah. I, I liked it. I played with my brother. I thought, yeah, it's okay. It's fun, but it's it, okay. w- it wasn't like great. No. But then actually, a lot of people like still talk about Streets of Rage if it's classic, and I didn't think that was Again, that it was fun. Good. Same with uh, the Capcom one. I can't remember his name. That's awful. Move on. It's, it's a fine. bit of a laugh. But yeah, it was okay. Um, Final and... fight. There yeah. you go. See, those things are good, but they're no fucking Gunstar no. Heroes. You know what no, I mean? I agree. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, we'll wrap it up with one last question from Garviel on the forums oh, who asks... Is Star Citizen a real game? Will it actually be released? Every trailer I see from it leaves me more confused than the last. I kind of answered that as well. Yeah, I saw we're not, it. We're not sure. I saw it before it was announced and it wasn't a game then. It yeah. was just a tech demo. That was about $8 million ago. Like, yeah, that was true. It's... It was about a year ago I saw it, yeah. Okay, so about $20 million just, dollars ago. You just measured time in money. How interesting. <laughs> I'm not think I've ever seen that done before. <laughs> but that's a, it's a similar thing. Money. <laughs> it's a similar Friend. thing to No Man's Sky, right? How much game is there going to be to it? How much is going to be left up to the player just to explore? Is it just going to be a kind of dynamic, uh, make your own fun type thing? I need to read up on that more. I think they have talked a bit about it, their aims for it, but I don't know exactly. Yeah, what No Man's the game Sky is going to have some kind of objective in terms of you start on the outside of a galaxy and you need to move in, and not everyone will be able to make it to the center or something like that. So there is some kind of underlying game there. I've just got a judgment boy from a Gregory Horror Show stuck on my head now. Sorry. What will it be? Love or money? That <laughs> <laughs> was interesting. I'll start doing that. When are we meeting? Two pounds later. Oh, it doesn't work. work. No, re- it only works as soon. I'm going to have examples. to rewrite the entire language. So All right, don't worry. I'm going to rewrite the English language. It's fine. Start today. Right. Can I be Matt, in it? Matt looks like he's about to do something. Yeah. He's like glaring yeah. his phone. I now it's time. time is. Oh, right, of course, yeah. The exciting feature you've all been waiting for. <laughs> Miller Instinct. This week on Miller Instinct, we all have right. a question from Oscar, otherwise Oscar, known pleasure. as Day USZ or Deus. Deus. Um, hello, Oscar. The question is quite simple, Miller, and obviously mm. it's Miller Instinct, so I'm going to need an immediate reaction. Of course, of course, of course. Do you save the girl or the children? 
Oh, oh God. shit. <laughs> the children. The children. Ah, <laughs> well, that was genuinely horrible. Well, no, what about... Oh, dear. I'm going home. <laughs> the children. Well, I guess you have to... But the girl, that makes out like she's young as well. Well, I don't know. I mean, you've, I think you've chosen the right answer because children, children suggests children's multiple. Do you want to know something been... terrible? What? I think my gut said girl. Oh. I think I said children because my morality happened to Were kick Were you picturing in a hot girl that needed saving? No, I was picturing like... But they all sound like children because you use the term girl. So I thought it was the, like a little girl. There could have been like four million <laughs> children or what? <laughs> no, nothing weird. No, don't spin that. That's weird. It's not, Sorry, Brad. Don't what? bring you truth. Yeah, you don't know how many children. I think you picked the right answer. Yeah, you got to go with it. Oh, that's a horrible, You've saved oh, more that's a horrible lives. question. You've saved more lives. <laughs> Sorry, it's that a was amazing. Game well done, Dave. There was one that was like hoodies or, po- or turtlenecks, but I was like, nah, fuck that. Let's go for the that's big, big dogs. <laughs> that's not even a question. Hoodie, I genuinely may wear a hoodie for the rest of my life. I'm so involved in wearing a hood up at the moment, it's unbelievable. Little necks are like a hug for your neck. (laughs) No, the hood is like the all-in-one blanket. It's just so good, but we don't need to talk about that. Well, I'll do that on my hood podcast I do on Thursdays. It's probably for the best. I mean, you're kind of continuing your trend of being like a loveless man. The fact that it's a gym gym or a lover, you're like the gym. Gym. So you'd fucking love a onesie. No, I was with a mate the other day. I went to Centre Parks this weekend. My mate came out wearing a onesie. I almost murdered him. He almost died. He may listen to this. What were you doing, boy? You know? <laughs> it was, it was terrible. I've got to admit, right? I own a penguin onesie, right? Yeah. I occasionally crack out Is it for... ironic? Uh, no. An ironic onesie. <laughs> I don't know. That's the thing. That exists. That exists. No, it does. I don't know. I don't think it was. I think I bought it because loads of people were buying them. And it's actually, to be honest, it did get me through a couple of very cold winters. And there yeah. is something quite fun about it. I'm sure they have server purpose. But the thing is, I don't like it when people wear them to be wacky. Yeah. Um, I wear them like, I sometimes like the idea of just being wandering around the house on my own, drinking cups of tea as a penguin. That, can, that makes me happy. Okay, but that's all right. as soon as there's somebody I, yeah, else, I get, I get. as soon as there's somebody else there, it's not cool anymore. Yeah. I don't like it. When I'm on my own. Cool, man. But on my own, I'm just like walking around genuinely pretending to be a I was going to ask, do you change how you walk? Of course I do. Of course I do. Man came up to me at 8.30 this morning dressed as a fucking Rudolph. (laughs) A Rudolph. I think you mean a reindeer. (laughs) (laughs) Perhaps had a big red nose. You sound like you're about to launch into your own stand-up material then. While you were at Centre Parts, did you put bubble bath in the jacuzzi? No, I didn't. You told me about this story. You should do that. It's very. If anyone's listening, do that. I did land the jacuzzi (laughs) watching Predator. And that's all the information I'm going to give you about it. You did what? I landed in a hot tub watching Predator. And that's all the information I'm going to give Interestingly, you. Interestingly, that's all the information I need to crack one out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that's good to know, my I've friend. got to say, like, on the topic of Miller Instinct, just for going forward, we do, obviously, you need to kind of follow Video Gamer Com on Twitter, and yep. we do tweet out um, during the podcast, which is usually recorded between about 11am and 1pm on there, a Tuesday yeah. in the UK time. Uh, we Wednesday, do tweet out Wednesday. Wednesday, Wednesday, Wednesday. sorry. Wednesday. <laughs> Uh, on Wednesday and we do say Miller Instinct and you have to reply mm. a lot of people I'm just going to get this out of the way a lot of people a lot of the questions are always would you either da, 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 or not go to the gym mm. don't bother because I know Miller well enough mm. there was one today right I'm, I'm, it says would you rather not go to the gym for a month or make out with Matt for a month <laughs> oh, oh, and it's like so I don't want to ask that <laughs> that would be amazing I'm not asking you that question because I don't want you to answer that because you'll probably say that you'll is make that, out with me for a month is that a continuous well, no, I, that's session, the thing. Right? It raises all sorts of questions. Just with the gym things, know that there's maybe one thing. I don't even know what that thing would be, so maybe try and not. I always want to go to the gym. He yeah, just said he would make that. up with you for a month. That's think, not what I said. I think I he would. I, always want to go I, think, to the I think if we actually put him under duress, he'd probably go, well, like, how often do I have to make out with you over a period of this month? See, I'm probably the Let's opposite. You'd have to go to the gym for a month or make out with Matt. I don't know what. Yeah, no, if I, if I had to make out with myself or go to the gym, I'd go to the gym. Yeah. This has become awfully strange. Yeah, it has become a bit weird, hasn't it? Uh, We should probably go on to... We've got a brand new competition. We have indeed. Okay, so... When you guys think about Christmas, what do you think about, Dave? Come on, give me... Hate. What, no, okay, well, <laughs> that's ruined it, hasn't it? Come on, this is a festive podcast. Wine. Cheese wine. and wine. Cheese and wine. Mistletoe. Dave. Death. Death. <laughs> that could be fair. Well, you know, Jesus died, didn't he? Unfortunately, he died so that you could have a BMX. <laughs> yeah, fact. When did Jesus die? It was Easter, right? Easter, you idiot. And he was right. born at Bethlehem. <laughs> Okay, well, you're all in wrong anyway. Major. You're all wrong. Hospital. I thought, Bethlehem Hospital. Bethlehem Hospital, down the M1. You know what, I'm not going to say that out loud in case I'm horribly wrong. What's the quick, quick talk thing? Okay, so Christmas is actually about making money, okay? That's, no, that's, that's not what I thought. Unfortunately, we wow. scuffed your joke. Yeah, well... It, it Why is Christmas about joke, making money? Because you so sell you video games presents. to kids. And Don't make, be so negative, Chris. You, Christmas is about death. Okay. Yeah. How is that? Any, that I'd rather be dead than making money. That's why I'm here. That's why I do this. Oh, okay. Dear. So for for this uh, month's uh, podcast competition, 
We want you to design a video game that could make more profit than Skylanders. Mm. This, uh, you could do that any month. Yeah. Why is that linked to Christmas? Because that's when you sell tatty games like that to children. Yeah, that's true. A lot of crap comes out of Christmas. He's right. So something, something can along those lines. Can it be a board lines, game? Nice, it, be a video it can game? be anything you want, oh, okay. really, uh, within game, games as a, an overall All right. sphere. Okay, good. Um, yeah, so, so yeah. it could be like a new kind of like Skylander-style series of toys mm-hmm. or series of things. I've got one. Yeah, see, what? Pokemon Skylanders. That's pretty good. That's, you know what? I've won. That's Can actually, I have my game? Yeah, that would actually yes. sell very well. That would actually sell really it well. It could be like a, a new Call of Duty that comes out every week or something. Yeah, and anything, the, the more insidious, the better. So <laughs> Yeah, you know, go for it. Just do it. Just do what you want. Uh, but, usually the rules are applying, you know, don't do anything that's horribly illegal or horribly offensive, yeah. just because then we won't be able to talk about well, it. Don't uh, worry Don't worry about it being a little bit evil, I'd say. That. Oh, yeah, it no, be, be evil. Yeah. Evil be funny. World War Two Skylanders. You've probably worked out by now that um, your chances <laughs> of winning are going to be vastly improved if A, either A, you're actually quite good at drawing things or designing things, but more importantly, B, if it's funny. Yeah. So, generally speaking, funny, ones are the funny will always win. Mm. Um, just like in real world Interact life. Interact that funny gland. Yeah, so if you'd like to enter the competition, there'll be a thread on the forums, just send a picture or a video whatever you want to do there and we will do something with them or if you can't think of a funny idea just draw a stupid fucking Christmas thing yeah, yeah. and we'll all have a good laugh exactly and uh, draw yeah, Brad as, as a Christmas uh, Christmas elf elf oh, oh yes no, please that should yes, be the competition please, instead that's actually yeah Miller's should, we, competition. should we change the competition no, 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 that, no. that's Miller's Xmas competition I'll give a I've got games I can give away <laughs> <laughs> I'll, give a, I'll give a game away for Brad's dressed as an elf oh that's amazing and then what we can do is we can Oh yeah, draw Bratz as an elf, right? And then what we'll do, but make sure you've got a clean background. Don't if you draw them on a background, then you know fine. But make sure you provide a clean version as well. Yeah. Then I can cut them all out and I can make like an amazing Christmas card montage. Oh <laughs> yes, just like all all of the Bratz elves, and like an army of them, but all the different ones on one big Christmas yes. card. And just to clarify. You can't pick the game for this. I just have a bunch of games I can You'll send you, but I will send you. Yeah. I send you like loads. If you want to go trade them in or something, you can as well. I'll make sure they're proper retail games. <laughs> so if you want to trade them in. <laughs> That's well, that way, if they're, cra- they're probably crap, so that way you can just at least go get something with them. And so. we'll mix them all together into one big amazing Christmas montage, yes. and we'll make it available uh, as, a, as a high resolution. <laughs> The image so you can print it off and put so it on your happy. wall. So this happy. is the best podcast ever. I feel like Christmas. I hate Christmas. Oh. <laughs> Look at the rolls oh. in reverse. Feels like I've got holly and tinsel in my balls. Exactly. This is great. Whoa. Christmas. Um, yeah. And thank you very Whoa. much for listening to the Video Gamer. Dot com UK is our podcast, podcast next week the last one before can Christmas you get the name um, probably is, probably no. fuck yeah, yeah. Hell, boys. So next week will be the last podcast before Christmas yeah. and we will hopefully have an update on the on the the the, the elf of oh, Chris Pratt as, as his elf I'm and gonna get uh, drunk it's gonna be amazing we could actually yeah on should, we it, should we do it pissed yeah. Well, I don't drink, so I won't, oh. but you guys can. Like. Oh. I'll get, support you in it. Don't we, worry. we can leave you a little plate with some mince pies and a, a carrot on it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds lovely. <laughs> you know we'll all need the carrot, right? Yeah, I know. Oh, no, I know. too much sugar in it. <laughs> <laughs> Quickly, move on. Right. Move on. We're leaving now. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. In a carrot.